Hello and welcome to Touchline from myself, Kasper Els and Mark Cameron. Hello, Mark. Hi, Kas. Nice being back in the studio. Yes, and we've got Mr. Dwayne Fulyun with us in the studio tonight. Uh, Dwayne is the president of a Mums and Toti Rugby Club and also a member of the DRSU Executive Committee. Hello, Dwayne. Evening, guys. How's it going? Glad to be here. Nice to have you. Thank you very much. Good. We're starting off with Super Rugby tonight. Tafelager Griekwas versus Salsi Sharks. A game that the Sharks almost threw away. Sharks 34, Griekwas 33. And then also the DHL Stormers 30 and Toyota Cheetahs 13. Mark, your thoughts on the Griekwas Sharks game? Sure. Yeah, that's a difficult one um, for the simple reason that I think the Sharks were quite fortunate to, to pull that one off. Um, thankfully, we have someone in the name of Kerwin Bosch um, that slotted a last-minute penalty in injury time, if I'm not mistaken, for us to come from behind and win that game. Um, having said that, all credit to, to Griekwas. We all know what they like when they play at home. They're tough tough not to crack when they when they play at home but we weren't on song um you know unfortunately we've been speaking about this for weeks on end now we just haven't hit the straps the way we played prior to to lockdown um yes it's a young side so are the Griquas guys they've got some experienced guys so do we um ultimately i think if you had to ask the coach sean everett he'd be happy to to take the win one thing that it does show, though, um, a positive from a coach's point of view, is that we never gave up. We kept fighting, we kept believing because they knew they had to win. Yes, we chased a bonus point, um, which obviously we didn't get. But uh, if I was Sean Everett, I would take it. Placed us second on the log, two points behind the Bulls with one round to go. So who knows what's going to happen this weekend. And again, it's, it's the same type of game that we've seen week in and week out now. A bit of a scrappy game, and the guys just seem to not uh, get the flow right and decision-making not quite what it's supposed to be at that level. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, look, part of it, part of it, uh, I also think um, Sean gave a few of the, if we want to call it that, the fringe players a run. Um, having said that, players that, that haven't really started in the last few games. You know, if you look at the Dylan Richardsons and those guys, they played off the bench. What did happen, though, is I think when they came onto the field, the bench, they actually made a difference. And about three weeks ago in studio, we spoke about the impact players or the bomb squad or whatever you want to call it. These guys made a difference. Um, they set us up because at, at one stage we were trailing with, with quite a few points. Um, so, But all, as I said, all credit to them and, and don't take it away from Hikwas. I think it's unfortunate. Um, I think Hikwas actually deserved to win. They were by far the better side, according to me. Um, and and we need them to, to produce week in and week out. But maybe that was a wake-up call for the Sharks, I hope. But still, you need a quality side to come back from, from something like that. Uh, it's only a quality side that will come back at Griquas in Kimberley and, and win a game. Definitely. And as I said, we, we knew that going to Griquas is never easy. I mean, they've beaten us there before. Yes. So I don't think it was a case of, of the Sharks underestimating them because we know what they are like more so at home. Um, we see it in club rugby where you play a so-called weaker side or, or a lesser known side at home. They're definitely a different kettle of fish. And so has Griqua's been all these years, you know, and, and good for them. You know, they got two 
local boys, Durban boys, as their coach in their coaching staff. Um, obviously, they bring something different to the ball game. One must also not forget that Rikwas is also in a in a rebuilding phase. Obviously, um, because of the new coaches that are in there, they obviously want to apply different things and so forth. And Krikwas uh, has always been a feeding ground for the bigger unions. So there's a few guys there that, that put up their hands and, and may it last for a long time. And then Stormers and the, and the Cheetahs, also the same, the same as the Krikwas and Sharks, a bit of a scrappy game, also didn't really get going properly. And then also the Stormers front row that, that battled a bit. They got it right here and there, but in general they battled. Yeah, look, I think if you if you look at that game, obviously both teams wanted to play for, for different reasons. They spoke to the Cheetahs captain and coach prior to the game. They hinted about having to try and prove a point as they were kicked out of the Pro 14. Not that that was their aim, but that's where the hint went. Um, they wanted to prove that they could play against that uh, the bigger bigger provinces, if you can call us that, in Stormers and Bulls. I mean, they beat the Bulls in the second round, I think, of the competition. So um, I think the pressure was slightly different, obviously, because they know they had to fight to, to try and stay at the top. Unfortunately, a few weeks ago, when they played against, they were supposed to play against the Lions, they lost points there because, yes. um, obviously, of COVID. I see they've raised it now in this week to say that the Sara never advised them different dates, and uh, their coach said that they were just told that the game was cancelled. So there's that thing going. The line said, on their side, they said because of that game they offered three days, and the cheetahs declined all three of them. So there's there's all of that you know at stake, and I think it's a lot of politics going on. But having said that, the cheetahs said they wanted to go out and prove a point. I think there there were a few a few cases where where both teams played well. There was. Both of them are, are two teams that play running rugby, so that was part of it. But I think the cherry on the on the cake was um, Roscoe Speckman's try that he scored in the corner. And I think an uh, individual brilliance of him, um, knowing the rules of the game, having to go into the corner, nearly being tackled out into touch. Typical seven style. Having to be in the air, touching the line. And there's, there's lots of talk. I mean, I saw a few clips today. Say, a lot of people say it wasn't a try because he touched the corner flag. But the ruling is that as long as your feet don't or your parts of your body doesn't touch the ground and you go over, um, it has to be in the air, which he did because he knew he'd go out. Hence the fact that it was. But it was a spectacle. And I think it's going to be one of the trials of the season. Yes. Then the, the Lions-Pumas game that was postponed now. I see now that the new trend all over the world is that games aren't cancelled anymore. They postponed to see if uh, new dates can't be agreed to. Makes it difficult, um, and I'm saying that with, with respect to everyone. I mean, I, I just look at us from a club perspective. You know, if you have to play a Friday or a Saturday night, and then you play, call it a Tuesday or Wednesday the following week, and that Friday and Saturday, it makes it very difficult for your squad to perform at the optimal level for three games in five to seven days. Um, obviously, there's there's lots of revenue at stake here. There's... There's uh, coaches' reputation at stake. There's players that want to put up their hands because they want to play for the Springboks. So it makes it difficult. And then, obviously, with, with the Lions yet again being involved, and it wasn't there, obviously not on their side. I think the COVID was on Puma's side this time. 
um, but they are desperate to to play and and get points and you know because the other problem is when Super Rugby unlocked finishes, they take the points that are on the log through to the Curry Cup, and yes. that's important because I look at the Stormers. The Stormers said this weekend they're not bothered as to where they finish in Super Rugby. They want to play, and I speak under correction, I think it's the 23rd of Jan. They want to play in the Curry Cup final because that would be their last home game at, at Newlands. So um, there's so much at stake, and, it, and it's sad, but it is what it is. All the provinces um, or Super Rugby franchises, they all knew what the, what the stakes were and what the rules are, and that is what it is. So hopefully for them, they'd be able to, to find a slot where they can play. And for, for us as spectators, I mean, we'd love to see another game. Then, moving on to the Pumas and All Blacks. What a game that was. I think the whole world was waiting for this one, for somebody or a minnow to come and beat the All Blacks. And what a game from the Pumas. Look, they've been, they've been a handful in the past already, you know. So I, I don't want to put them in the same, in the same block as, as the French, but when the Pumas play, they can play. Um, if you were privileged enough to, to look at the game on the weekend where, where they played the All Blacks, having said that, as one neutral venue because it's in Australia, um, the Pumas were phenomenal and the All Blacks at their standard were shocking. But part of that is because the Pumas put them under pressure for the a change. The Pumas only allowed them to play, to play that much. 100%. They were in their faces constantly. 100%. And what was remarkable about the Pumas gamers, the stats showed that they didn't miss one tackle yes. the entire game, basically until into injury time where Caleb Clark scored a try. I think they slipped one tackle in the entire game. It shows you that they were ready for the game, they wanted to prove a point. So I think they've played for 38 years, if I'm not mistaken. It's the first time they've beaten them. Um, so all credit to the Pumas, uh, to the All Blacks. I mean, they've dropped two world-ranking log points to now in third below England. We spoke about it last week, that, that Australia beating the All Blacks actually gave us a chance to stay on top, to stay world number one. And now... With the Pumas beating the All Blacks, they've dropped two places. Yeah, so so now if you look at the world rankings, um, I think there's uh, England is second behind England's us, second, and then yes. New Zealand. But between New Zealand, uh, sorry, between England and ourselves, there's now four full position points, uh, and yes. you need to play to catch that up. You know, yes. so we're fortunate um, that we haven't played because obviously they can't dock the points, um, and. But having said that, if we played a few games, then we might have gone up. But we could also have been in the same position as the All Blacks and lost. So, um, but for the All Blacks, they're under pressure now because under their new coach, they've played five games. They've only won two. Lost two and drew one. So um, the pressure is on there. The All Blacks have a bye this coming weekend, so they play the Pumas again the 28th. So let's see them come back from You're that. You're now saying that we, we might have been in the same position as the All Blacks. What about us maybe being in the same position as the Pumas? Yeah, definitely. Look, that's always, and I, and I, and I saw on social media, there's lots of, lots of negativity around the box not going to play in the championships. Um, different different uh, scenarios, I suppose, for different countries and as to why they wanted to play. If you look at the Pumas, the Pumas haven't played a single game since the World Cup, barring two games pre call it pre-season games prior to this championship in, in, in Australia where they beat their opposition teams handsomely. 
to, to give them even more credit, they've had a lot of covert cases in their Puma side. So I don't even think their stronger side played on the weekend. But it shows the, the, the attitude that they had, shows the passion. If you look at Ledesma, their the coach, how tearful he was in his, in his post-match speeches and, and the players. And, and you know, I, for, the, for the listeners out there that did watch the game, what summed it up for me was, I forgot the captain's name now, but right in the beginning, because it was a very niggly game, um, and I was actually very disappointed in the All Blacks' take on that because they've been world champions for years. Lots of off-the-ball stuff, slapping players in the face, things like that. And right in the beginning, I think it was within the four, first four minutes of the game, um, the Argentinian coach was standing close to a player where there was an altercation. And um, one of their players, I don't know if it was Dan Coles at that stage because he was involved in a, in a face slap later on as well, but he slapped one of the Argentina guys, and the the captain got involved. So obviously all the players got involved and so forth, and when the referee separated them, he called the captains together, and he said to the Argentinian captain, you're the captain, lead by example. He said to the ref, I agree with you, and I'm sorry about that, but I play for my country. If anyone does that to my players, I will stand up for them. And I think that just shows the attitude that the Pumas had in that specific game. They would not back down to the mighty old for my country. Um, we spoke about South Africa not going to the, to the championship. And in that week that the decision was made not to go, the All Blacks actually thumped Australia. And I think this whole, the whole of South Africa agreed to agree with a, with a decision not to go. And now with the Pumas beating the All Blacks, now there's a bit of a, an about turn in some of the, the thinking. Well, I won't say there's an about turn. I think there's, there's your, your critics out there that will always try and find fault and, and, and find reasons for certain things happening. Um, you know, we're sitting in studio, we, we're giving our own opinions as to what we think. So we're not in a decision-making role. And, and if you think about it, whether we say go or not, um, there's nothing at stake for us. If you look at the Springboks, the, the, the Pumas, for argument's sake, there was nothing at stake for them either. So the box had to go over there, world number one, and they get thumped, for argument's sake, by the Pumas. Um, you know, it would put us in a bad light. The Pumas... I don't know what their, what their test schedule looks like going forward. South Africa have a massive tournament coming up next year, June, July, when the Lions tour us. So um, we, I think personally, I think the right decision was still made. Um, I think whoever it might be, obviously Russia Rasmus was part of that and Yuri Ru and whoever else, um, I think the right decision was made. And the sad part about all these discussions happening now is they're taking the limelight away from the Pumas for what they've achieved yes. and focusing on Definitely. the box, and we're not even part of it. Yeah. Rassi mentioned that um, a player at that level needs at least 400 minutes of, of rugby before he can play in a test like that. Now, the Pumas test, I think, will only come now in the next test to see whether they can maintain this kind this intensity and this level of, of game fitness. Definitely, but I think I think the Pumas will take a lot out of this game of the weekend. Um, I think they'll be a lot more positive and that knowing that they can actually do this. Having said that, one mustn't forget that, you know, your smaller nations, and I say that with respect to the Pumas, they are not used to playing 
that type of rugby week in and week out against quality sides like New Zealand. New Zealand, on the other hand, are used to defending whatever they they need to defend and so forth. So I think uh, it's, it all bodes well for two weeks' time. A perfect example of that was watching the um, Japanese game in in the World Cup. You know, that's a perfect example of a, of a small nation coming forward and proving it can be done and having the heart to do it, you know. Um, but you also got to look back and think, with this COVID-19, are the All Blacks holding back, building for a World Cup? Because they've lost a whole year. You know, what's your thought on that, Mark? I don't think so. I think... I think the all black the ins fact that we that we didn't take a team mm. because um to the championship because we wouldn't hold back either. Um I don't think we would have put ourselves in a position where uh we would sacrifice something and I think the All Blacks as a proud nations themselves, um, they have in theory as well nothing to lose, but mm. their pride and whatever and you will see them bounce back in two weeks' time. So I don't I don't think that they necessarily held back or anything like that. Um, I think yet again, new coaching structure, new coaching yeah. staff, new players being blooded. They they a young side with with some serious um, the veterans in the side as well. When I say mm. that, I don't mean age wise. I talk about ability and so forth. Um, <laughs> being the All Blacks, I don't think they underestimated the Pumas, but I think the All Blacks probably thought they played well against the Wallabies. In times, this is just another run, run in the park for them where the Pumas thought, probably having a look at the, the, the four games that the, the All Blacks played against the Pumas and said, wait a minute, here's something. What you also mustn't forget is that Michael Checker, the Australian head coach up until the World Cup, is now part of the Argentina setup, and you could actually see certain areas in the game where he has brought it in. So he would have brought in a lot of experience himself, and I can't wait, I can't wait for the Pumas to play the Wallabies. <laughs> I think that's going to be a classic. But that's going to be a classic one, that one. One thing is for sure, that the Wallabies are not going to underestimate them. Definitely. That, that's already for said certain. So. No, for that's sure. for certain. They no, will definitely not underestimate But great them. for them. I mean, they had, they had great players playing for them in the past, like the Hugo Porters and, and whatever. And, you know, they I say that about our local players. rugby as well. May this last very long. We need... The smaller unions to step Definitely. up to the, you don't yes. only want to see the England, South Africans and New Zealand and Aussies play. What is what is also what is also um an area of, of discussion in the world rankings now. Obviously England have gone to, to second spot, New Zealand have dropped to third. Um Argentina has now leapfrogged uh, the Wales as well. Because Wales obviously right. lost on the weekend. So um, I think Argentina has now gone up to eighth position or seventh position, if I'm not mistaken. So it's, it's great. I mean, that's what we need. Then a lot of other rugby this weekend. Um, we had the top 14. We had the pro 14. And then all the games down under. And then the one that stands out is the Autumn Nations Cup. where We had Ireland 32, Wales 9. We had England 40, Georgia 0, Italy 17, Scotland 28. And then we had France-Fiji that was cancelled. That game was completely cancelled. Not postponed. Not postponed. Cancelled. That was cancelled. <laughs> the one that was cancelled. Your thoughts on those games, Mark? Well, firstly, it's, it's really sad that the France-Fiji game was, was called off. Um, obviously, because of COVID as well, and I, and I speak under correction. I think that was more on the Fiji side. Um, 
you know, more so at the start of a, of a tournament. It's a new tournament as well because obviously um, the championships is in Australia, so no one is touring northern northern hemisphere. Um, what is nice about that specific tournament is that Fiji and Georgia have now been included um, to to play against the Six Nations sides. The sad part, as I said, the Fiji and France would get zero points out of it. I'm assuming because it was cancelled. Um, I don't know the rules. Maybe they would each get get two points as if it was a draw. Then, uh, if you look at the other the other teams that played the Italy Scotland game, um, I think there was there was a lot of f emphasis on Scotland because they hadn't won, I think, four or five games on the trot for quite a while. Um, they obviously needed to to prove a point. But what was great to see Italy not allowing the Scots any leeway, similar to the Argentinian game, I suppose, and. You know, for for most periods of the of the Italy Scotland game, um, Italy were actually superior to Scotland. Um, what was good about those two sides is many of them, both teams, had South African players playing for them. So, and obviously Italy has got a South African coach. Um, and I was, you know, I, I I love Scotland and I always want them to do well. But because they played against Italy and we got Franco Smith there. Um, I would have liked them to to get one over the Scots for the simple reason that, you know, Italy for years um, have also battled really against the top nations. And it's nice to see your, your smaller unions come through and more so, you know, putting pressure on, on the Scots right until the end and give them credit. I mean, they've beaten South Africa before, so. They have. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But good games. Yeah, yeah, Pretty definitely. And and the, the sad part as well, I mean, Ireland played against Wales. Um, and, you know, I, I, as a coach, um, I would have sleepless nights. Um, there, Wales they, going down 9.32. They've got a new coach. We spoke about this last week where the head coach um, parted ways with a defensive coach. Yes. So there's obviously issues within the camp. Yes. Um, players can't be happy, I'm sure about that, because I don't, uh, you know... We well, can the scoreline shows it. Correct, but the, the game itself, Wales were nowhere. And that's a sad part, because, I mean, Wales Wales took us right into injury time nearly in the World Cup, in the quarterfinals, yes. semifinals, I think it was. Um, and it's not the same Wales that we that we saw last yeah. year. So there's obviously issues around that. And Look, it's, taking and it's nothing sad. away from Ireland, Ireland's a good side. Yeah, yeah, no, they play but, well. But beating Wales 32-9 is is a thumping. That's yeah. that's big. And the Irish did well. Look, they are a good side, and and they actually did play well. But I mean, Wales, you know, they played in patches as well, but they couldn't round off. And I think there's a lot of all rugby is like this. Yes. If you don't have confidence, you can just as well pack it up. And I don't think they're playing with confidence at the moment. Then some other news that we that we got now is that the famous Gus has got on board with the Lions tour coming to South Africa, and I see that Saru has welcomed that. Um, the famous Gus sponsoring the British and Irish Lions side, and working very closely to Castle Lager in sponsoring the whole tournament. I think it's great. Um... You know, the more sponsors on board, the the bigger the tournament, if you can say it like that. Um, it, you know, with, with Famous Grass coming on board, I mean, that's a massive brand as well. And for a brand like that to back up a tournament like the, the British and the Irish Lions Tour that's coming to South Africa speaks volumes. Um, 
I don't know about all the whiskey being shared between the, <laughs> the our opposition. Um, but having said that, as I said, you know, no tournament can continue without sponsorships, and this would obviously be a big one. And I'm assuming Ens Saru Saru has, has welcomed it, and she's, we just want to see the Lions uh, to South Africa. It is it is good to see that sponsors are still out there and willing to support rugby, even in the times yes. we're going through at the moment. And this this will be a great boost for all other potential sponsors to look at it and look at their brand and and go forward with it, you know. Um, when a brand like Famous Grass is, is great whiskey for one, I do enjoy it, but uh, it's good to have them on board. Especially like this, I mean, you know, the the lines only tour a country every four, every years. four years, and South Africa obviously every 12 years, and so they carry on to New Zealand and Australia. So it is a massive tournament. I, I'm... I'm assuming, or one can put it up there, close to a World Cup, because that is oh, yes. how tough that competition is, because you've got all those nations now combining into one side to play a specific nation like South Africa. So I can just imagine if, if, if I was in a, in, a, in a big company like that, I would have loved to get involved in something like this, because from mm. a from an a airing point of view, you definitely get mileage out of it. And to back, let's face it, to back... A, a team like the British and Irish Lions team going wherever they go to Australia, South Africa or New Zealand, I suppose you're on the right track and you will definitely benefit from that. Definitely. What I also see here is that they're focusing on the fans as well, that they have key fan zones at each game and they're also allowing fans the opportunity to watch the Lions training sessions before matches. So they're focusing on the fans a lot more than what previous sponsors used to do. Well, that's good. I mean, that's what you want because, you know, your your sponsors come on board. Um, who are the ones that brings all the money back? You know, that's your fans. It is you your know, fans. The spectators you go exactly, wherever. Yeah. So in South Africa, we have Bocktown. Um, whether mm-hmm. they will call it Bocktown, I'm not sure. Um, but we have Bocktown where, where they have all of that and TVs go up and the media is there and, and, and the fans enjoy. So with Famous Grouse on board, I mean, it's, it's, it just speaks for itself. Oh, just something else I see now is that they um, got this match day behind the scene tours as well, where they will take the fans behind the scenes Brilliant. on match day. On Absolutely. Like stadium Brilliant. tours and so on. Yes. That's so it's going to be big. It's just nice to see that they're not focusing on, on the... Um, the players alone and on the teams alone, yeah. but that they actually bring it back to the fans as well. Yeah. Definitely, because as I said, you know, and, and hopefully, we're talking about this, I mean, the ticket sales have closed already and the stadium are full. Hopefully, we'll be able to have fans at the stadium watching these games, you know, so um, let's see what happens there. Well, maybe they know something that we, we don't. don't, that they're willing to, to put money down and Bring it out, yeah. Definitely. Maybe. I mean, if you if you look at if you look at the Autumn Cup in in Europe now, I mean, they playing without any fans. Um, look, we six to eight months away from that, and and hopefully it's our winter then. So who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, you know, any tournament for whether it's a provincial tournament or international tournament like that, um, the revenue is, is obviously vital for for the countries. Um, we want people to come in, but we can just understand as well, if they say no spectators, how many overseas uh, um, supporters will actually come down on to support their team because they can't get to the stadium. So let's hope, let's hope. We keep our fingers crossed and we just want to see rugby.
I'm sure it will go, go down well. Then talking about Mums and Toti Rugby Club, 2021 is a big year for Mums and Toti Rugby Club. Huge year. 75 years old, and we've got a lot planned, all riding on exactly the same, same as the Lions Tour on the COVID and, and, and where we're going with this COVID. Uh, Dwayne, your thoughts on this coming year? It's going to be a huge year for Toti. Um, we've got a lot to, to work on. Mark, who's missed the year now because of COVID and not being able to play, have to restart 2021, going into our 75 years. It's, it's a massive year for us. Um, and the, the work behind the scenes by the committee and, and members, for example, Joss Robson, Mark Greenaway, yourself, Casper, all the work is going into building the 75 years and, and the book and all the other plans we've got for the year as well. It's going to be massive, and the more people who climb on board, the better for us as a club. Yes, and hopefully hopefully we can get the players to be exactly. competitive, to be properly competitive. Mark? Well, I'm hoping so. Um, you know, as per international rugby and provincial rugby, all clubs in South Africa took a, took a knock with a, regards to COVID. Um, I'm happy to say that, that we've started training again. We've been given the green light, albeit non-contact. Um, you know, there's still many players out there, though, that's a bit wary of what's going on. So you haven't had your proper numbers down to training. Part of that is the fact that it's so far away from, from the league. So it's not it's actually our off-season, and we're starting with pre-season. And then, um, you know, then it's a recruiting thing. And, and we're looking at our under-20s, so that's the future of the club. We need to recruit under-20s again. Um, our seniors, luckily, we don't we don't lose many players often. Um, but this year was definitely a setback for everyone. And I, if I listen to the players and I and I look at their commitment, their training, we are we are quite keen to to go ahead. And we we know and understand that our 75th is a is a big year for us, and we need to do our community proud. So I think the guys will be up for the challenge. Yes, I'm sure they will. Um... Dwayne spoke about all the behind-the-scenes work that's going on. We, we're planning to, to get the night series going, and hopefully we can get that going again um, to boost our under-20s. We're working on a couple of under-20 players. Um, something that we've been working hard on is our women's rugby, yeah. to get our women's rugby going and our women's team up and, and, and running properly. And then we've got a couple of tournaments that we that we wanted entered into, um, or that we have entered into. One being the Bozos Cup. Um, we played the Bozos Cup in our 50th anniversary. That's right. And it was also the Bozos Cup 50th anniversary. And now we're going to play in the 75th, which is also the Bozos Cup 75th. That's correct. Um, we've entered already, and I hope it's going to be a, a good one. Unfortunately, in saying all of this, the Lions Tour has been cancelled. The Festival. The Lions Festival. Yes. Your thoughts on all of this, Dwayne? Um, with the uh, the night series, uh, we, we have to recruit from that uh, going forward. The under-20s uh, are crucial to our club. Uh, the women's rugby is a, is a big drive from Saru and KZ and Rugby Union is to focus more on the women's rugby as well. There's a lot of talent out there and it's being bypassed. We need to get more Ladies involved in the game. We need administrators involved in the game. It's not just the players. We need administrators, whether it's coaching, whether it's management. 
it's a vital part of the club game at the moment, and we're not seeing that coming through. So going forward, 2021 is going to be a big year for us as a club and for us as a union, you know, uh, for the recruitment yes. and uh, sustainability of the game. And then we spoke about the Lions um, getting this massive sponsor from mm. the famous grass, and sponsors for us at Toti going into 2021 is going to be just as vital. It's going to be tight for us, extremely tight. Um, so we've got to welcome all the old boys back, and uh, we're with the, with the Bozes Cup in our 75 years. We, we actually, as you know, we've been talking to a lot of the old players, yes. guys from Australia, there's guys in England talking to us, in America talking to us. They're all coming out the woodwork. And if, I don't know if you've seen on Facebook what we've done so far, what, what Cus has done, bringing all those guys onto the Facebook again and, and just reigniting the passion that we have at our club game, you know. And the guys, even though they're abroad, they're still supporting Toti, you know. I think what's important as well is, um, you know, we're talking Toti rugby now, but this yeah. goes for all, all clubs all over the world. No club, specifically a club that plays at the top level in, in club rugby, can survive without sponsors. Correct. Um, you know, I'll go back to us now as Toti Rugby Club in our 75th year. You know, the sponsors, varying obviously in, in amount of money that they sponsor. Um, they would obviously get airtime themselves, uh, lots of social media. So it's not a question of just pumping money in and, and not knowing where it's going to go. Um, there's obviously lots of work behind the scenes with regards to the players and we include the under-20s and mm. we include the ladies and, and she's the ladies specifically. Um, we need them um, to play, but it's it's vital for the sponsors to get involved because that's our livelihood at the end of the day. You that know, is. if there's no funds coming in, then there's an issue, but the sponsors will get airtime and that is what the important factor here. And, and also, I mean, we're talking about 2021 and our 75th year, but it also stretches way beyond that. It stretches... <laughs> into the survival of the club, into the survival, into our future, and, and taking the club to our 100th anniversary and, and maybe beyond to 150, and, and leaving a legacy for, for the youngsters and, the, and the, the future to be built on. Correct. Uh, that, that is vitally important, these sponsors. If we can maintain them, keep them, retain them, I should say, not maintain them, retain them, um, you know, we, we do need them. And uh, if we can use this platform to speak to the guys and bring them out here and come watch a game, come and talk to us, then that's great. You know, they know where to get hold of us um, through the club. But it's an open-door policy. Come down, chat, see how you can help us. It's not always monetary value. It's, there's other ways you can help the club, you know, to sponsor the club. And, and that's vitally important. But it's not just chasing the dollar, you know. Yes. There's, there's other things people can do to help the club and save money for us in that way, you know. But I also think, you know, if you look at the vision that we have at the Tokyo Rugby Club, where we want to go towards, I mean, we ideally, and people frown upon us when we talk about it because of where we are at, but our future plans are in place where we also want to win the league and go and play in the Gold Cup and so on and so forth. We want to get our under-20s to, to play in the Frank Norris, which is KZN's Premier Division under-20 tournament. Um, but we need we need the sponsors on board to to assist us to do that, you know. So we're looking yes. at developing our coaches to take us forward, and within the next five years, I mean that's our short term goal yeah. where we want to go towards, you know. So we want to develop our coaches from under twenty through the ladies um, into the senior sides, and um, you know that can only happen. You're with talking the about our vision. I mean, our, our vision at the moment is holistic. 
um, view with, on, the, on the club. It's not only developing the under-20s and the ladies and, and, and no. the players. It's, it's looking at coaches, administrators, um, looking at your, um, all your facets of the game. Every single one. Coaches, referees, administrators, uh, players. Medics. Medics. All everybody. Important. We want to develop. And the focus being on Toti local. To try and develop that out of our Toti pool, if I can call it a pool. We've got a lot of people in Toti and a lot of youngsters that are battling to, to get work and battling to, to stay busy at the moment. And if we can f- create a platform for them to work from, that's first prize. Yeah, that's why it's vitally important for like we're talking about the sponsors to assist with things like that. Maybe they can offer a job or two here and there or put a youngster in the right direction. You know, we, we need that. Maybe in education. You know, it's all, all can come through the club, you know, and we use it as a platform. It's you not know, just about match day programs. It's, it's, mm. it's about the longevity of the game and the player and the, his future. We're not yes. playing game to game. We're talking 10 years down the line. Where is he going to be at? Yes. How is he going to contribute back to the club when yes. he retires from rugby? And that's what we need. It's, it's that hand over the process, you know. Look, the sad part about this is, I mean, I'm obviously involved in trying to recruit players to come mm. to the clubs and we compete against some big, big clubs out there. And, and the sad reality is that when you approach a player, first thing they ask is, do you have accommodation? Do you have work that you could possibly offer me? Do you pay match fees and all those things that that, that go with it? Um, you know, and the, and the smaller clubs battle with things like that if you don't yes. have sponsors on board. So um, it makes it difficult. I, I mean, I can tell you now, if we had a cash injection at Toti Rugby Club and we call it buy, if that's the right word for that, um, and we can get 10 players to join our club, we will be very competitive. Um, but it, it's to sustain that over the next four or five years. It seems that right. next year we want to be competitive in our 75th year, but in five years' time, we need to be up there. So right. um, it's, not a, it's not a once-off thing. It's working towards our end goal as a partner with our sponsors to take us somewhere. And, and I think the, the sponsors have as much say in our club and our development and where we want to go towards. We don't want to, them just to throw their money at us. We want yes. them to partner with us and say to us, this is where we want to go. This is what we'd like to see in your club. I'm giving you whatever it is and let's work towards it. That's right. They must be treated and be club members. You know, at the end of the day, they are. They're they part are, of the community. They are club you know? members. Yeah, as you know? anyone else. They're, yeah. They are club members and they are part of the club and they are part of the community. Yeah, that's right. It's great what Mark says. It's not just about injection of cash into a club but it goes a long way it does go a long way then if we can move on to the KZNRU and the DRSU um, Dwayne any developments there with regards um, to with DRSU uh, we had our um, AGM two weeks ago and uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, Brian Fonsell being elected again as the president of DRSU and Sibello as the deputy the vice president um, in saying that, uh, he's also put up his hand. This is Brian Fonsell. He would like to be nominated to go forward to the KZN presidency. Okay, so we, we are going to support him in that, obviously. He's the best man for the job, um, which will leave a vacuum again at DRSU, but we'll deal with that when we come to it. That'll be probably be in January. But the KZN RU EGM is on the 30th of this month. So all those elections will take place then. 
and uh, that we'll just have to wait and see what happens on the 30th. And then with uh, we have sad loss, obviously, for our, our, our general manager, Jafta. Uh, he's uh, gone to greener pastures, but off it the field. Loss, yeah. yeah, it is a big loss to us. Um, for and a, youngster, a big loss to rugby, if you say yeah, now that 100%. he's out of the game. But this is a perfect example of, of what the youth can do coming through the administration side of rugby as well. He's, he was an excellent player. He's come through the player, and he's looked forward and sort of, where's my future lie within rugby? He's gone administration, and he's proved it can be done. To become the general manager of, the, of uh, KZN Rugby Union, it's a huge step, and he's done a fantastic job at it, you know? And, he, and he's made headway for everyone. So whoever fills his boots, they've got huge boots to follow. Yeah, he you know? was in that yeah. position for yes. five years. So five years, it's, it's not, a long time, right. and, and, yeah. he, and, and he's, he's, done a hell he's of developed a job. it. Yeah, correct. He developed that uh, the whole the whole. Ethos, he's, he's driven it, you know. Um, he's always had an open-door policy. Pop in, have a chat. Have you got any issues? Well, it doesn't matter what club you're from. Pop in, speak to Sandra. She gets you through the door, if you can get past her. <laughs> and then uh, you've got Jeff to there. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is a sad loss. I spoke to him today, actually, and wished him all the best. He's in Johannesburg already, starting his new job. And, um, yeah, I just wish him all the best. Yeah, and yeah. obviously from Touchline side to... Seko Jafta, all the best to you, and may you continue soaring. Yes, and may you not be lost for rugby. No, 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 I've already, already said to him, the door's open at our club as well. Uh, when he's back in town, uh, he has to give us a call. Might maybe, not, maybe he can be one of those big sponsors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might not be famous brass, but we can give him a brandy and coke. <laughs> you know, the clippies, oh. but yeah. Thank you, Dwayne. No, pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, and the insight, we'll... Uh, We'll then get you back in the studio after the 30th. After the 30th, and I'll update you on what's going on there. And going forward with Saru as well, what the plans are. Um, yeah, once I've spoken to everyone after the 30th, we'll see how we, we go. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, Dwayne from my side as well. Nice nice having you in the studio. Thank you for for your contribution and most of the bits that you spoke about, the DRSU and KZNRU, and giving us feedback about Seseco. Um, and I wish you well as well from the presidency side in Toti Rugby Club, and may you and Kas drive our club to huge success. Oh, thanks, Mark. We can't do it without the rest of the team anyway. You know, I mean, we need all you guys. But uh, but thanks for having me, and uh, I look forward to being back again one day. Cheers. Then from myself, Casper Els, Mark Cameron, thanks for joining Touchline, and have a great rugby week.